I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to AusBiz Broadcasting live from our Barangaroo studios. Australia's only live business markets and investment channel. It's great to have your company. Just gone midday Australian Eastern Standard Time. And of course, that means it is time for the call. And uh, we've got a a really diverse list of uh, stocks to look at with uh, two of our favourite experts, Mark Morland from Team Invest. Mark, good to see you. Good to see you. And Kim Slater, the uh, the founder of Kimber. Uh, Kim, good to see you again. You're, sur- you're surviving you, uh, isolation, home lockdown? Mate, mate, I'm sitting here looking out over the view at Reef Beach and 40 Baskets, and let's just say it's very pleasant. Oh, that is a beautiful day to be doing it. That's not, not a bad way to isolate yourself from being locked down. But uh, let's put you to work straight away, Kim, with our first stock of, uh, of the afternoon. Um, Crown Resorts, um, of course, the, the massive entertainment and and gambling business uh, interests in uh, in Melbourne overseas, and of course their their new casino that they're building next door to us here at Barangaroo Studios, um, which is really developing pretty quickly. What do you think of Crown? Well, it's going down, Dave. Um, I'm just just having a look at it uh, this this week with uh, what's happening with the gaming um, um, business being closed down. If you look at um, if you look at the earnings going forward, probably this thing's worth maybe seven dollars fifty eight dollars a share, um, and at the moment all I can see is downside on it. So the revenue multiples uh, need to be significantly reduced, and I think this is just one stock that you don't need to, you don't need to. I don't like gambling stocks anyway, but uh, mm. this is one you don't need to own at the moment. Yeah, why don't you like okay. gambling? Why don't you like gambling stocks? I I understand the reason now um, because of the lockdown, social distancing. Crown just, I think, laid off a couple of thousand staff in the last week as well. Um, unlikely to be up and going for a, uh, for a few more months. But but why not gambling stocks in general? Oh, it's just more more of a philosophical objection right. to, uh, to, to to them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But um, look, uh, you know. Uh, they they serve they serve they serve a purpose, um, but uh, they can their earnings can be quite cyclical depending uh, depending on what's happening with the economy, um, and I, I just don't I just don't particularly like the uh, like the types of you know types mm. of businesses that they that, that they are. Yeah, uh, Mark, what do you think? Uh, to- totally uh, concur. I think um, team invest members. Have always failed Crown, you know, uh, for a few reasons. Uh, forget the, I'll come back to the financial ones. Right. Uh, but gambling obviously preys on uh, part of the society which can't afford yep. it. I know not all of it. I know they've got their high rollers yep. and so on. Uh, I just don't want to be a part of it. Right. Uh, so I totally agree with Kim. I, we generally we not. I wouldn't say we're ethical investors. We don't make judgments. All our members make their own choices. Yeah. So if, if, if we've got all the numbers on it. Yeah. Uh, but it hasn't performed well at all in the last. 
its average growth rate's been minus eight percent per year for the last six years, right. you know, which is poor. It's got a return on equity of seven point nine percent. It hasn't actually passed our minimum ten, which is not a high threshold. Mm. It's a low yeah. threshold since yeah. two thousand and fourteen. So you know that's really a speed limit on what your return is going to be right. at an equivalent PE. Yeah. So it's come down a bit. It's on a PE of twelve at the moment, but it's been down as low as eight point nine in this coronavirus one. Yeah. So you know, we're showing a returning about 10% a year at the current price, if you can live with the fact that uh, what it is. And also, the, uh, the, the, it fails on our me- key metric of uh, return on equity. They've paid their debt down quite a lot mm. you know, over the last year. They've halved it, which is good. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that it's quite capital intensive. I think they spent um, 500, $539 million last year, and every year it's in three, four, five, six, $600 million a year. This is a capital-intensive business. Right. So they obviously have to reinvest in the casinos to refresh them, and they just don't seem the, to be very uh, good at making money. The other, the other ex- aspect you've got to consider about these businesses is that they are highly regulated. So yeah. if they fall foul of the regulator in some way, shape, or form, which Crown has actually done with the Victorian government, um, you know that can have a significant impairment on the uh, on on the business as well. So there's a du- you know there's a double-edged sword to it being um, being being highly being highly regulated. But um, um, as I said, I think um, it's probably worth something like around seven fifty-eight dollars a share. So I think there's pretty there's there's some sig- significant downside in the market to um, to to, to yeah. that stock at the moment. Um, a lot of analysts prefer is it Jumbo Interactive, the uh, the online. Yeah. Uh, lottery business is that a, uh, a better option, Kim, or for the same reasons, uh, avoid it? For the same reasons, I avoid those, David. I mean, you know, you've it, as a, as Mark said, it's you know you make your own decisions about where you want to invest, and yeah. I just don't think it's worth wasting the time or the effort in in, in looking at these stocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I agree with that. I think the other thing to add too is if if viewers want are interested in it, you're going to get a lot better opportunity to buy it. Right. Yeah, so I wouldn't even go the 7 or $8 Kim's talking about. I would say $5 or less, and that's yeah. quite likely. I mean, we only we, we know they've put off all these employees. They're getting smashed because a lot of the venues are shut. Yeah, the, the, the bad news economically hasn't even come out yet. Yeah. So wait till they start reporting earnings for June quarter and so on. I think there'll right. be opportunities to buy this. At so that's much, not much lower. I wouldn't that's be interested then in. either. Right. But, but it would be, you know, if you were going to buy it, you sure wouldn't buy it now. Right. Okay. Let's get on to our second stock. And uh, Mark, what a night it has been in the global oil markets. Uh, <laughs> our, our biggest producer, Woodside Petroleum, is yeah. our next stock to look at. What do you think? Well, uh, it's, this is a complex, very large Business and market cap's about $20 billion. Yep. Um, we have passed it occasionally in Team Invest over the years, and we've had CEOs in, um, i trying to think of his name. Um, what's the CEO's name? What's uh, Peter, Peter Coleman. Peter Coleman. That's right. We had Peter Coleman yep. in in Perth a few years ago. It was yep. quite interesting, because at the time, the oil price was about $70 yep. uh, when he came in, and he said there was no way it could go below, below 50 you know, he said, for all these reasons. Wow. And but very shortly after he came in, it dropped to 38 or something. You know, so, right. <laughs> and, the, and the point was, it's just interesting. They can't, they don't know. Yeah. You know, you, all, there's all these moving parts. There's so many moving parts in the uh, uh, the oil industry. Who would have known that uh, Russia wasn't going to play ball and then the Saudis, yeah. you know, yeah. snubbed them. And, you know, it they, sort of start, started the, the geopolitical yeah, yeah, it's a global how do you, how do you sphere and go down. It's impossible. Yeah. So you've got no idea what's going to happen with the price. Yeah. It's a tough business, I think, yeah. uh, to run. Uh, its return on equity is two, and hasn't been over ten since two thousand and fourteen. Oh, the same right. as uh, Crown. Okay. So it's not performing well. Yep. Um, and its growth rate's running at four percent. 
So it's on a 36 PE. So you're right. on 36 PE for 4% EPS growth. Right. Now, what that re relates to is your return, which if they just continue doing what they're doing now, you get about 5% a year okay. you know, over the next five years, which is hardly exciting. Okay. I mean, it's a good, it's, it's not a, it's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Woodside. I'm just saying it's, it's a business that is performance is mediocre. It's complex, uh, capital intensive, obviously, and not cheap. Very expensive. Yeah. Uh, Kim? Well, first of all, who would have thought that Cushing was going to be a town in southwest America that was going to be put on the map overnight simply because they've run out of oil storage? It's uh, <laughs> un un unbelievable, unbelievable to even contemplate. Quite like, quite like Woodside, but it's a question of buying it, buying it at the right price. So um, the LNG, LNG, which is a big part of the earnings, um, obviously linked to what's happening to the oil price. Where, where, where are those LNG earnings going to be? Well, they look like they're going lower. Um, and what's Woodside's future? Well, it's, it's, it's cut back on its uh, capex for the, for the current uh, calendar, calendar year. Um, well, uh, an extremely well-managed business, yeah. as Mark says, it's quite, it's quite complex. But um, the re as, as Mark was saying, the returns, the returns on equity aren't, um, aren't stellar, but Nevertheless, this stock still manages to turn out a quite a reasonable dividend yield of around five or six percent per annum. So, I think if you're going to have um, oil exposure in your in your portfolio, this is probably the one to have it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It is the blue chip yeah. oil oh, yeah, energy sure. producer, isn't it? Yeah. Which, um, yeah. Um, but also, um, Kim, you're saying yes, you quite like it at the right price. So, what's the right price? Look, I, I, that is a really, really difficult, um, difficult guess to make at the moment, and it's basically, basically, basically a guess because um, where is where is the oil price going? I, look, I, I would I would think around if you could buy it around fourteen, fifteen, sixteen dollars. I think it's if if the oil price stabilises, and remember, this is not a uh, this is not a supply problem with oil at the moment; it's a demand problem. So when we start to see mm. that demand pattern normalise, we could quite easily see Woodside get back up over, over, over twenty bucks. I think if you look at the if you look at the valuation, the sum of the parts valuation, you could probably come to a a, a figure of twenty five, twenty six dollars a share for Woodside, but you know that's dependent that's dependent on um, a a more normalised um, a no, more normalised oil price and yeah. that. Is hard to that's hard to see for the immediate the, the, the immediate immediate future, and that that's what Mark was pointing out before. Sort of those decisions are made way outside of Woodside's ambit, isn't it? And they oh, have yeah. absolutely no influence. No, they, have, on no, they, they can play the game, yeah, to the best of their ability with their resources and what they're yeah. doing. But they're very much dependent on what happens to the market. I think depending on how long this goes for, you know, the the coronavirus to slow down as far as the consumption yeah. of oil and the, price, the supply issues, which they've massively exacerbated. Yeah. So they've increased supply at a time of a demand going down. So how long is that going to take to play out? Yeah. Let's say once it does, I agree with Kim, that of course the price will come back up again yeah. because it's way below the, uh, the uh, economic uh, cost for a lot of the suppliers to be able to pump, to pump it yeah. and bring it out. The fracking industry in the US is going to be decimated. decimated. Yeah. That's going to take out. I think was it ten billion barrels a day now. If, yeah. if, it, if it ten million, yeah. if it all came out. Then, so I think there's a, a show. I think the argument's right. <laughs> Over in a couple of years, you look back and go, well, Woodside was a bargain at some point in this in this right. crisis. 
for me, it would be have to be down at the ten dollar area, right? Because yeah, okay. at that level, now it's been down as low as fourteen. Could it go down to ten very easily yeah. in a major market capitulation, which we haven't had yet? Uh, and then you'd probably be laughing. Yeah, well, the, well, over the uh, next five years, what about an oil market capitulation? Last night at one, <laughs> one stage into negative, and you're mm-hmm. going, and that's because of future contracts and sort of well, certainly people are like worried that. they have to take delivery. Yeah, they that's right. Uh, yeah, they're going to take a delivery of an oil tanker. <laughs> who would have wanted that? All right, so well, I know. Who, yeah, sorry, Ken. Who would have? Who would have thought that? Um, well, there was also that Bloomberg report on the on the weekend that the uh, Singapore Singapore-based uh, oil trading company um, has basically gone into administration owing about six or seven hundred million dollars. So, um, you know, the whole the whole oil trading market and the supply market is is just in is in a state of turmoil that we've never ever seen before. Yeah, yeah, it's on and, that basis. Uh, I mean. And, and to boot, you know, when you look at the when you look at the when you follow that down downstream, if you like, you look at uh, the impacts of that where you've got the takeover bid being pulled for Caltech. So, you know, where does where, where does this where does this conga conga line stop? Yeah, yeah. So I think the the bottom line with that is you can't look at it as a uh, reliable investment at the moment. You need to look at it as uh, a speculation because really what you're saying is, okay, it's a quality company with some yep. uh, tier one fabulous assets uh, internationally in a totally uh, dysfunctional market, market at the moment. So you can't predict, I can't predict earnings. How would you have yeah. any idea? Uh, yeah. So you're really speculating yeah. saying at some point in time. So for me, it would have to be really cheap. Yeah. But it's best to breed in that yeah. sector, sure. isn't it? Sure. So if you think the sector's on its knees yeah. and it's on its knees. Yeah. Wait, wait though. Wait till wait, then. Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's keep on on energy, but this time at the, rather than the production in the retail end, Mark, Origin Energy. Um, well, <laughs> it's another one that we don't uh, cover, and the reason—I mean—we've got a whole list of stocks here who really don't perform well. Right. Um, this is closer. This, is one. this has got nine percent return on equity. Right. Still, don't, we have a ten minimum. Like, if a supply team, why bother? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's got a, a gross rate average of less than one percent a year. Yeah. So this is not hardly uh, growing strongly. And uh, now they're the major, I think they're the largest retail supplier in the country by yes. n- customer number. Yep. So uh, there's obviously someone else who has more bigger customers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're not going away. So I just purely look at it on the financials. And for us, uh, it's on a 7.9 PE at the moment. So unlike Woodside, which was on 30. Yep. So that's actually a lot better value relative you know, from, its, uh, from its earnings rate, even though the earnings are woeful. Uh, we're showing a return about 10% a year over the next five years with a terminal PE of 11. Right. Yeah, now some people would say ten percent is okay, you know, yep. for a, a large utility type uh, company. Uh, if I wanted twenty percent, I couldn't pay more than three dollars eighteen. Now, if you look at it, it's been down to three seventy five in this coronavirus uh, pullback. Uh, pullback yep. already, and it could easily, re- I think, it'll revisit that. Right. So there is a point in time where twenty percent return on a company like this would be good. Yep. But for, to do it, you'd have to be paying three seventy five on, right. on our models. Okay, so. Maybe a look at a pullback. Well run business though? Uh, well, it's, as I said, the return, it, it, I don't know a lot about it. We've never right. done it. We've never put it under the microscope because it's never got past our tier one, uh, our first line filters. Right, okay. So we've got to get past that before we look at it? Sure. Yeah. All right, Kim, what do you think of Origin? Well, again, this falls into the category with, uh, with, with Woodside in that it's quality, quality assets and the price, and, and it all depends on what price can you buy the asset at. And as Mark said, the price of this thing's been down in the low threes. Um, 
it's it's in the low it's in the low fours at the moment. It has a fairly significant uh, debt repayment occurring in the next uh, next twelve months of around, uh, I think it's about one point two billion dollars. But it's got really strong operating cash flow, and I guess you've got to then question how how that cash flow be impacted by the uh, by the COVID uh, COVID virus. But you know electricity electricity and gas are those things that people are still going to still going yeah, to use. Pretty stable. There might. Yep. Pretty stable. There might be there might up. be a there might be a hiccup hiccup in the bad debts, yep. but look, I think um, I, I think this um, the, you know like a lot of stocks in this market, um, it's been it's been belted, um, and a target price for me would be somewhere between I think some, some upside in this you could probably see possibly five fifty six bucks a share, but it's going to be it's going to be a low a, a long slow grind. I mean as Mark. Has pointed out the return on equity is not particularly brilliant, but um, ne- you know nevertheless, if you um, with these changing outlooks in in in, in energy markets and uh, you know potentially lower LNG prices, that's got to you know that's got to work in their favour. I, I guess it's a bit like you know how much of that, how much of those reductions in um, in in the inputs can they actually hang on to, um, in terms of passing the commodity onto the uh, consumer. Right. Yeah, and I think one other thing to add too. The um, I was reading some stats from Accenture, and they were saying electricity consumption at a consumer level, at, resi- at retail, is in- spiked significantly. Which makes sense because people at home they're watching, yep. they're streaming video <laughs> and playing on their computers. So, yep. so that's actually good for these guys. Yeah. You know, so, so yep. they may actually have a spike in earnings. But I agree with Kim. Bad debt's going to come into it because there's going to be a lot of people who uh, you know are out of work are still going to be yep. using their electricity, aren't they? And and Kim, as you said before. It's a re- government-regulated market too, isn't it? So you've got that layer, that filter oh, over correct. it as well. It's it's not like anyone's going to you know jump up and say we're, you know we're going to start selling electricity or and or gas tomorrow because you've got to have access to the infrastructure to be able to do it, and yeah. um, that's uh, you know as we say highly highly regulated. But mm. look, it's um, in 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 better in better economic times, you as I say, you could see this uh, you could see this stock. Trading, um, trading, trading. You know, twenty percent higher than it is. Um, mm. Looking at the div yield, looking at the div yield on it, it's it it's about a. It, it's been averaging about a five or six yeah. percent dividend yield, which yeah. is which is not not brilliant. But look, in this type of market, five or six percent compared to what um, people are getting on on term deposits is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a, it's a, it, it doesn't have doesn't have volatile earnings. You know, if you look at the earnings growth on it, and it's you know it's good, good, good and steady. The revenue, revenues on a steady trajectory. Um, I, I think management's um, um, Brad King, when he was running, running, running this, did a did a great job. Um, has set it up for the next um, the next five years of growth. So um, I, I think um, again, you know, probably like a lot of stocks in this market, it's been it's been belted. But if you can buy it at the right price, it's yep. it's it's worth 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 having a few in the portfolio, just simply from the point of view of a steady, reliable dividend player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down in the low three three dollar mark. Yeah, yeah. Or mid mid threes, I'd say. Okay. Be reasonable. All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, to toll roads now. Uh, Transurban got everyone fuming a couple of weeks ago, saying no, they weren't going to forego the uh, the automatic increase in tolls on <laughs> so, some of their highways and everyone's saying, hey, why don't you pause it like the health insurers have done and the like and Transurban said, not on your Nelly because uh, 
not the same number of cars on the road, so we're bleeding as well. Mark, what do you reckon of Transurban? Um, another another uh, pretty ordinary business. Yeah. Um, it's a dividend. I mean, people people obviously invest in this for the um, for the uh, dividend yield, which I just noticed here. It's only franked uh, for six percent or something. So it's because of overseas earnings, I assume. But if you yeah. may be able to elaborate on that. Um, return on equity is way below ten again. Um, enormous amount of debt. But it's but yeah, it's an unusual sort of company. It's something yeah. we would never look at. So basically, an I, infrastructure business. That's right. Like, and yeah. earnings have been negative um, for you know it's all over the shop. You know, yeah. earnings which I don't I wouldn't be able to explain. Um, and we're showing a negative return of minus twenty a year on our models, twenty wow. percent. So so minus twenty minus twenty per year on its current performance at the current price because it's on a very high PE right at the okay. moment. So you're paying an enormous amount of money for obviously for the dividend yield. So I'm not sure what that is. Yeah. Uh, dividends thirty one cents thirty one cents a share on on uh, thirteen dollars by the look of it yeah yeah of thirty one interim no, sixty one sixty one right. cents on uh, thirteen dollars right okay so that's what people are paying for yep uh, Kim Transurban well I think the Achilles heel in this stock is the uh, U S U S tollways that um, it, it owns so you've got um, extended shutdowns in the U S and um, the volume declines are somewhere in the order of seventy to eighty yeah. percent. Mm. So, you know that's that, that's one of the that, that, that's that's a big part of their a big part of their business. But again, you know, where if you if you can buy if you get pay if you pay the right price for these stocks, they are they are worth they are worth owning on a on a, on a valuation basis and a valuation basis alone. Where's the uh, where's the downside in this stock? Well, it's all to do with um, what um, what traffic behaviour will be like once the um, once the restrictions are lifted, and you'd have to assume that they may return or they could return to something approaching their normal levels. In in that case, if there's a normalisation of earnings, I can see this um, share price being up around you know twelve thirteen dollars dollars a share. But you know, there's a lot of caveats attached to that. And um, it's it, it's about you know what what are people's what are people's travelling habits going to be like um, post um, you know post the post the virus are more people going to mm. going to be working from home I'm, I mean you know my my, my observation of um, traffic in Sydney at the moment is it's actually great <laughs> if you've got to go somewhere because you can you can you can, you can get from A to B in half the time it would normally take you yeah no it's a dream to actually commute at the moment isn't it. All right, so uh, yeah. a, a no on Transurban from both of you. I think the other one too on that, just quickly, just thinking about it, is the debt. They've got yeah. very, very high debt, which people don't worry about because they go, oh, no, they've got totally reliable income. Well, yeah. hello, here we have a situation where the income's getting smashed. They're still going to have to pay all the, uh, right. the interest on the debt and so on. Yeah. So that's going to hurt them. But it also has to get rolled over. So at some stage, if particularly if interest rates start going up, and I don't know what their debt profile is over how many years and so on, but it's a very hefty debt load. Right. So the business is really leveraged with the massive amount of debt. Sure. Which okay. is not good. Yep. No, keep an eye on that. Uh, our fifth stock for uh, for the call this week, fifth of 10, halfway through uh, the hour that we dedicate to these 10 stocks. Um, ProMedica, so healthcare business in, in imaging services, yes. Mark. Yeah, we know this one well. Oh, yeah. So this yeah. is out of the list of the companies we've got in today. This is the only one that right. we like. <laughs> so uh, ProMedicus uh, have a very clever technology, which is to do with image uh, presentation, basically. So they can work with... MRI type machines and uh, X-rays, all all the hospital type machines and diagnostic equipment. Oh, right. And what okay. their system does, is it takes that data and presents it to the uh, clinicians or the specialists and so on 
on their iPhones and iPads, oh. and they've got some patented version, don't ask me how it works, but they can do very, very efficient uh, data compression, so they get high-resolution images very, very fast. Right. So they're classed as uh, best of breed at the moment in this technology in the US, globally. Oh. Um, uh, interestingly, uh, the uh, uh, Sam, Sam Hupert, the uh, CEO, I met him on a chairlift uh, skiing in Japan about 23 years ago. Oh. And I bought into the company then. Wow. And then it did really badly for about eight years. Right. And then, uh, did I, you stick I, with it? No, I eventually quit it at a big loss. Right. Okay. And then they bought a German company which had this technology and ever since then it's been off to the races. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so I completely, yeah. Yeah, completely got it wrong. But anyway, he convinced me on the cheerleaf what was a good right. investment at the time. <laughs> anyway, they, they're uh, tendering mainly to you. It's all the growth, most of the growth in the US. Right. Um, I think a couple of years ago they got the Mayo Clinic, you know, which is massive. And one of our members was mates oh. with the CEO of the Mayo Clinic. So right. he called him and asked him what they did. And he said, oh no, they looked at everything and this was by far the uh, best of breed in the area, which is, was a very big Globally. endorsement. Yep. Wow. And they're winning most of the tenders they go for and yeah. they've been growing enormously. So the growth rate's running at 61% a year uh, with high stability, with 90% stability. So the growth's been massive. Now the question is, at some point in time, it was off a low base. Yes. Yeah, but it'll get harder and harder and harder. But the kind of contracts they're signing is they sign multi-million image contracts with the hospital. So the hospital says, we want to buy 10 million images yep. and you pay, the more you buy, the cheaper it is. Right. So, and they're five to seven year contracts. So they're getting five to seven year forward guaranteed income. So it's very sick. Very how's sticky that? Customers. How's that for a moment? Yeah. yeah. And, wow. and not only that, they always underestimate. Yeah, you because know, right. they don't want to overestimate because they've got to pay for it. Right. So they go less, and then when they all the ones they need to make up have to pay a higher rate. Right. So yeah. it's got a fantastic income model, zero debt, return on equity is thirty eight percent per year, and it's always been high until apart from the the woe days. Yeah. Um, and the only negative with it, from our perspective, is it's on one hundred and fourteen PE. Wow, yeah. <laughs> that's enormous. Yeah, but but it's been justifying it. Well, uh, to anyone who's bought it from our members, and I haven't over the last few years, has done really, really well because yeah. they've maintained this yeah. massive growth rate. So the risk is if the growth levels off at any time, um, yeah. then obviously the PE will get re-rated. Right. But there's no sign of that happening at the moment. Oh, okay. uh, every time they add a contract, it sort of adds all this forward income. So it's Okay. Very, very impressive. We're showing it returning 48% a year at the current uh, PE if they can maintain their earnings at okay. 61. On a margin of safety, we've got it at 8%. 8%. Right. Massive difference. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that drops so, the earnings down massively. So, Kim? So, what, so was, what I was going to say, Mark, if it's on a PE of 114 times, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but you should be buying that and selling stocks that are, that are trading on low PEs. Because, you know, you, you obviously, this is a service as a software business yeah. and um, it's got high recurring income. So if, um, you know, the market's, market's pricing in that, in that growth and um, from what my observation, it's hard to see that, uh, that growth slowing anytime soon. Yeah, I completely agree. Bit... And, and just on your point, um, the range in the last 12 months has been 181 as a high in PE right. and the low has been 68 which was recently, yep. you know, with our, right. our sell-off. So yeah. when, it, when it sold off, the share price dropped to $14.50. It's currently 24 and the high has been 38 for the, the last 12 months. I think there'll be a chance to uh, buy it again, not because of anything they're doing, just market. Right. So we have a significant drop in the market. Uh, I totally agree with Kim. Um, it's, a, it's got massive uh, operational leverage. Yep. Every business they add, 
the actual vari variable yeah. uh, cost increases. But they got into Europe? And they, they are, they are. But right. the big, at the moment, they're really focused on the US because US. it's the biggest. Right. And, they, and they're really, really growing well there. But sure. yes, they're isn't the, um, isn't, isn't uh, I think with this, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, but isn't the, uh, doesn't 75% of revenue fall straight to the bottom line with, with yeah. ProMedicus? Uh, ab absolutely. The well, well, the net profit ma margin after tax on revenue is 38%. So that means for every yep. dollar of sales, they make thirty-eight cents after yeah. tax profit. Wow! Yeah, which is which is uh, obviously sure. obviously. Oh, uh, I wish I could have a business spe like that. That'd be great. <laughs> um, but Kim, would you buy it twenty-four bucks? Uh, yeah, I think I, I think I would. I think mm -hmm. I would. Um, but I, again, it's a question of timing with the with 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 the market, and I don't know that there's any need to rush into the market at the moment. But there are a few. There are a few stocks out there that um, you know that do have do have good value profiles. Um, and my point about ProMedicus and the PE, I think, um, is, is is relevant in the sense that applying that across any stocks that have high PE multiples, you you've got to you, you know if you if you're confident about how robust their business model is, you can um, you, you you can buy them. So. I would say on on, on balance, um, you know, the, the ProMedicus could, could could actually get back to those previous highs that we've seen, oh, but you've got to be you've got to be you've got to be aware of the um, of the market conniptions in the in, in, in the meantime in the meantime. Mm. Yep, that's right. So this stock has looked expensive all the way through. We've been we've been um, we've passed this company over the last eight years. Yeah, so it's passed everything. Every year, it's got more and more expensive, yeah. and often doubling every year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as I said, without a doubt, Kim's right. Uh, you've got to bite the bullet and say it is a highly leveraged tech stock, but very low risk. Uh, a tech yes. from uh, from both guys on ProMedicus. Uh, halfway through, a uh, bit of a recap on the five no from uh, both the guys on Crown uh, Woodside. Maybe a think at fourteen, ten to fourteen dollars. Yep. Um, because it's best in breed if you wanted to get um, have some exposure in your portfolio to that energy, LNG, oil sector. Um, origin the same, but at the low $3 mark, not at present levels. No for Transurban. Uh, big tick for ProMedicus. You know, put in a buy around that $14, $15, but even at $24. Uh, Kim says there's still market. Uh, if you bought it now, in five years, you'll probably look back and say you're a genius. Right. But okay. I'm, I'm very greedy. Yep. All right. So be greedy, everybody. Yeah. I think uh, it's the kind of be greedy. Good, it's a good market yeah. to be greedy in. Yeah. yeah. All right. Our sixth stock as we go to the second half of the call, uh, something completely different. McMahon Holdings, sort of industrial construction services uh, sector. Kim, what do you think of McMahon? Well, all I can say, Dave, is that the second half of the list doesn't get any better after this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're in, you're in, you're in mining, mining services. Um, look, this is not a, this is, this is quite a good little, good little company. But um, you know, the um, first half um, EBITDA was up eleven, up eleven percent. So um, it's, it, yeah, it's just I, I don't particularly like these businesses because they're, you know, they're 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 quite they're quite cyclical. Um, you know, it's great when the mining industry is going 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 gangbusters, but um, from time to time, that that has that has conniptions. This is a little bit more broadly broadly based in its diversification, both geographically and um, 
and and, sec, and sector wise, but um, it's not something that I you know that, that, that I, I get excited about because I think if you you know if you want to be in these types of types of businesses, you need more of a um, a um, global exposure. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I know from Kim there. What about you, Mark? Uh, it's not one that we've ever um, uh, had, had any interest in. Um, just looking at their their numbers, one of the biggest problems is their stability. Uh, we rank it at forty one percent, so we need at least sixty five. So in other words, stability of earnings. Right. So yep. it's all it's all over yep. the shop. Now yep. that partly, as as Kim said, it's it operates in a cyclical area, but it's also quite capital intensive. Right. If you look at how much they spend every year on uh, capital equipment and so on, sometimes it's more than their earnings and. It's, it's always a material factor. Uh, what its redeeming attribute at the moment is it's on a quite a low PE. It's on 8.8. So at least that's... You know, there's a reason for that. Well, yeah. yeah, well, but, but the earnings are positive yep. at the moment. Um, there's, there's, we're going, the mining services is, is a tough area. We, only, we tend to like companies that have founder CEOs uh, in that area, particularly right. because it really needs someone who really is on top of it and can make decisions fast rather than having a committee decision-making yep. process. So, for instance, uh, Monodelphus and Mineral Resources right. uh, are chalk and cheese compared to this yep. uh, as far as uh, businesses. Yeah, so I would have zero interest in this. Okay. All right. So, no. Um, let's, let's keep on a roll here, uh, Kim, for, <laughs> for areas you don't like. Oh. Uh, what about NRW Holdings? Very similar sort of business, is it? Very similar sort of business, and and um, see comments, see comments above. I mean, yeah. I you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't follow them, don't like them, don't need to be in them. Right. Um, and and uh, look, um, I, the point I was going to make about um, if you, if you want to be in this type of um, in this type of business, you only have to look at the experiences of somebody like um, Len Lease. Now these guys are usually pretty good at their. In, in, in the types of businesses that they've been in, but they managed to get them dig themselves a hole to, a hole to the tune of about five or six hundred million, um, and having to sell their engineering business. So it gives you some idea, some idea just how when, this, when when these businesses go bad, they go bad very badly. Right. Okay. So no need so, to look at. Yeah, Mark. What about? Well, uh, continue, Kim. No, no, you're right, Mark. Go, go, go. <laughs> okay, I was hoping you'd say more. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I totally concur with everything um, Kim said. I mean, it's it, there's quite a lot of similarities with this and McMahon. You know, they're obviously in mining service. They do a lot of civil engineering as well. Civil engineering is is a tough area. Yep. This is bridges and roads and uh, yep. private partner, uh, government partnerships, that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, I remember uh, Monodelphus got into trouble, which is our, our quality engineering yes. company, yep. about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, in that area. Right. Yeah, so it's a tough area, fairly fairly fine margins and plenty of things can go wrong. They also do mining, contract mining, a lot of blasting and so on like that. It's, a, it's quite a lot of moving parts in this business. We've never looked at it. Um, it does, it does, it's passed on return on equity for the last three years, that's something. Uh, 3% average growth rate with very poor stability just like McMahon's yeah. at 44. So we're showing it returning about minus 1% a year at the current okay. price, even though it's on, a, and it's on a 16 PE. Interestingly, that's twice. You're paying twice... Uh, what you were paying for McMahon's per dollar of earnings right. with this company. Okay. Right. But I can't see why it's twice as good. Okay. I think they're both pretty poor. But you're saying Monodelphus is the best in breed. Yeah, but it's, not, if it's not cheap at the moment, though. Right. It's not a bargain, but it's the best in breed without a doubt. Right. Kim, would you agree with that? If you're going to look at this area, uh, Monodelphus is the, the one to be in? 
Yeah, well, we did. I think we discussed that one a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we and, did. Um, the, conclu- the, the conclusion was that it was if, if, if you had to be there. But look, I, I think you know, just it's a bit like it's a bit like it's a bit like it's a bit like dog poo. Dog poo. You just don't need to step in it. <laughs> so avoid the sector altogether. All right, good analogy. Um, let, let's keep in the resources area, though. Um, a producer this time. Australia, are they Australia's largest tin producer? An explorer, Metals yep. X. Um, yeah. King, does this take your fancy? <laughs> well, it's yeah, it's got the Ren- it's got the old Renison tin mines down in uh, down in Tasmania, but it's also um, got some fairly significant gold mines in um, in in in, w- in WA, and it's um, it's 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 fallen. The, the share price has fallen quite significantly in the last three or four months. Um, where a lot of gold producers have been going up, this is yeah. one that's been going, going going the other way. I think it's come down from around twenty five thirty cents to about seven and a half cents. Um, yeah. I, I think there's some issues with there's been some issues with the uh, with the share registry stability and management, but um, I think this is probably this 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 one looks like it's uh, could be could be could be worth a punt. I think as a as a mm. turnaround story. Mm. Okay, classic story of a company on its knees but with some reasonable assets. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it, I, what Kim said is interesting. Um, it's actually made losses for the last four years. So that's wow. part of the reason why the share price has gone. It's been losing money and it lost an enormous amount in um, uh, in last in F19. Yeah. yeah. So it went from a loss of four cents to a loss of 16 cents per yep. share. So there's plenty of reason to see why. So it doesn't even have a P-E ratio. Um, the return on equity has been negative for the last five years as well, to the tune of 50% one year, 14, then 109. Now, what that means is they lost 109% of the equity in the business. Right. Okay. Is what they lost. And they've got very little debt, so which means yeah. the only way they could survive would be by doing capital raisings or rights issues or something. Yeah. So why would you why would you be interested? I mean, you'd have to say they're in an area that well, I have no idea about tin, but gold's done well. I think they have some copper interests as well and nickel. Yeah. You know, so uh, they're obviously no good. At, they're hopeless at making money. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all you can conclude. Well, so yeah. to be a specky. Yeah. If, if, and it's only the market cap is only seventy four million. Yeah. So it's very yeah. very small. I'm, and I don't know how how liquid it is, but yeah, um, I have zero interest in it. So, uh, but Kim, for you, this would sort of be like for your TAB account. If you want to punt on a roughie, um, that can't go much this lower. Be, well, it can go lower. You can lose your seven and a half cents, <laughs> but you know it's. Um, it's it's not a bad it's not a bad it's not a bad not a bad punt. I mean, the balance sheet looks like it's in halfway reasonable reasonable shape. So, I think it's um, I think it's a, it's a it's a turn it's a turnaround story. But be mindful that um, it's highly speculative. Okay. Yeah, right. and I think the other thing, what you'd have to do if you if you're interested in it, you need to read all about it and find out why that's happened, what happened last year. I mean, yeah. we, have, we have no context to be able to make a judgment. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the something was like a coronavirus, natural disaster in the tin mine. Who knows? Yeah, you know, but yeah. yeah. So you, you need to be able to say how are they going to come out of this? Right. Okay. Because if they're not going to come out of it, I mean, even even in this coronavirus period, it's been down at four cents. So yeah. it's it's now eight cents a share or seven and a half. Um, and a, a year ago, two years ago, it was a uh, 2017. It was a dollar eighty one. Yeah. So yeah, it's a yeah. disaster for yeah. anyone who's been a shareholder. Exactly right. And it ha- hasn't been hit by the pullback. It's had a pullback. Been going. It, this has been going on a year, years, two years. Years. It's nothing to do with coronavirus. Yeah. That's right. Okay. All right. Um, our ninth stock down at EDI. Mark, what do you think? Um, these guys are own spotless, don't they? 
They own which are one? They spotless? Do they own Spotless? Uh, or have don't an interest think, in Spotless? Do they? They might. Uh, uh, integrated services business? Uh, Let me double check. What do you think? Uh, well, it's a, it's a continuation on the theme. Why do we have so many mining services companies <laughs> in one? Um, so what, they, you know, what uh, Downer do, I mean, they've been around for a long time. They do everything from um, making lo- locomotives for um, railways. They've got engineer, heavy engineering. They do uh, technology and communication. Right. They do uh, okay. fibre optic labels, cables, all sorts yep. of stuff. Uh, utility services and, and contract mining even. Right. So this has got a lot of moving parts. Uh, market cap's about $2.2 billion and uh, they've got fairly high debt, you know, 62%. By the way, high debt levels in this environment, I think, are an extra negative right. flag right. You know, because of uncertainty, because you've got to roll it all over. Right. You know, so okay. there's a lot of demand on the, uh, the debt market, so it's possible that interest rates could go higher. So that's a factor. Earnings flat, quite, high, quite good stability at minus 0.1% a year. So right. it's nearly a straight line flat. Right. So, okay, that's okay. I can live with that if you're buying it cheaply enough, because what we want is predictability. So if I want to say, can I predict the return on this company? Because the earnings are stable, and they're 94% stable, uh, therefore they must have quite a lot of reoccurring income, or they've, they've been good at managing it. Right. Uh, in that case, um, I can then feed that in and say, what sort of return will I get? It's on a P of 9.9 um, uh, yesterday, and that's giving me 11% return, Right. which okay. is not enough. Yeah. And the return on equity is below 10, so I'm on 20%. Which means my buy price would be two fifty eight. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, based on my current thinking of where the market right. is. So that's a big difference. We're spoiled in we're spoiled for good companies. Why yep. would I buy something that's okay? Yeah. With yep. no growth. Yeah. Uh, why would you do it? The only reason you'd do it would be if you could buy it at such a low rate and you believe the earnings can continue that you can get a decent return. Sure. Otherwise, okay. why would you bother? Yeah. Okay. Better opportunities. So, out so there. what do you reckon, Ken? Yeah. So. So to add a bit more context to what Mark was saying, they've just um, down has just completed a 500 million syndicated bank facility rollover. So their financial their financial position is in pretty good in pretty good shape at the moment. They've got about five about 515 million um, cash on the balance sheet, and they've got underdrawn facilities of just over a billion, and they're triple B rated by by the agency. So. In terms of balance sheet strength, um, pretty rock solid going forward, but it's just a question of how the um, how the. Well, uh, we, I think we just lost um, uh, Kim there, but um, saying it's got you know, balance sheet yeah. in pretty good shape. Yeah. Um, it's, to me, it's a mediocre company. Right. <clears throat> so we have, we split companies into three groups. We call uh, wealth winners, which are yeah. companies that are going to materially enhance your wealth over an economic cycle, right? Which obviously we want those. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mediocre majority, yeah. which is most companies. Nearly yeah. all the companies we've talked about today fit in that mediocre category. Right. Uh, right. Are, and then we have capital killers, basically <laughs> companies that are going to they're going to lose lose capital on over the right. economic cycle. Right. So um, would you have the big four banks in your capital killers? Uh, I'd put them in the mediocre, but depending on right. how much you pay for them. But there's, they're, they're, the risks are increasing. Right. But, right. but if you look at Downer... Give us an example of a wealth winner. A uh, wealth winner. Well, PME's been a wealth winner, for right. instance. Um, yeah. There's uh, uh, companies like uh, Technology One. T&E's right. been a fabulous wealth winner for us. Yeah. Uh, Magellan. Right. MFG has been right. fantastic. Okay. Uh, right. This is where they've made consistently high com- compound total returns over time. Yep. And, and Kim, Kim, basically what marks up... I'm back. Good. Uh, good. Yeah. Uh, Kim's saying, look, there are a lot of line ball companies at the moment, like Downer, but you have to ask yourself, 
are there just better opportunities in this market environment for The answer is yes. Yeah. Well, well I, I, wrote a, I wrote a piece for um, our subscribers about, oh, about five or six weeks ago and said, this is a share market of one stock. There's only one stock you really need to own, and that's BHP. Because if, if, you, if you look at where, if you want balance sheet strength, you want tier one earnings, you want um, strong cash flow, long debt, uh, a low debt, there are there are very very few stocks that tickle those tickle those boxes, and um, this is why you know I, I think Mark is saying you know you've got to be really selective about what you what you, what you buy what you're buying at the moment because there's a lot of there's a lot of stocks out there um, that are shown to be to be wanting when the when the tide goes out it shows it, it it's telling you who's not wearing bathers. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think from a viewer's point of view, another thing to consider is that the this, the ASX has got 2,200 companies. Yeah. Most of our members have 20-ish, yeah. you know, some less, some yeah. 10, maybe 30. Yeah. But So if you have 20, that's less than 1%, yeah. which means you can reject 99%. It's only one in 100 companies you want to consider. Why make your life difficult? Yeah. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you, want, you want to fish where the big fish are. Yeah. Not the big as in uh, BHP big, but big as in quality, you know, right. the, where the quality uh, So are you a BHP fan no. like chemist? No, no. The, the, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about PACT. Yeah, uh, and obviously Kim hasn't looked at that because that leaves BHP for dead. I would have thought. Right. Oh, okay. Well, I've got my, no, fingers, well, I've got my fingers crossed. I've got my right. fingers crossed. Okay. Tell us about Pat. Uh, well, just before we do that, just on BHP, the uh, Kim may well be right at the moment with where they are appositioned at the moment. BHP over the long term, though, has been a shocking capital allocator. Yeah. So if you look at the long term returns on BHP, they've been pretty bad, yeah. uh, particularly through the mining boom. Same with Rio. So we don't. Yeah, like but that's them. but but. But Mark, that's that's the old story of lies, damn lies, and statistics. I mean, it depends on where you pick your pick your starting point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that you're right. I mean, you're yeah, right. Yeah. But but uh, but uh, if you pick your starting point with uh, companies like um, uh, PME over the last ten years, it didn't matter where you picked it, you've done really well. Yeah, that's not yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. No, because if you bought it ten years ago when it was uh, yeah. when it was probably thirty five dollars and you saw it go to fifteen dollars and it's now back up in the low thirties, yes. Yeah. It, uh, it, it hasn't been a it hasn't been a, a fantastic capital performer from that point of view. Yeah. But if you bought it, um, you know, if you bought it, you know, when it was fifteen dollars and you've been hanging on to it for the and you know for the dividend yields that have been coming through mm. over the last three or four years, it's been a fantastic performer. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, so anyway, all right. What about Pact, Kim? Well, let, let's let's hear from the Oracle. All right. <laughs> Mark, nice, nice handball. You, nice you, handball. You, you have set yourself up here, big fellow, though. No, uh, I'd never heard of this company until, uh, you know, so it's news to me. It's actually got a 600 odd million market cap. They're in packaging. So yeah. they're obviously complete with Visi and, and sort of rigid plastic. Yeah, rigid plastic and sustainability yeah. and recycling and a whole range of stuff. But I, I had a look at it on here and it's actually got quite good stability with um, very low growth, in fact, flat. Right. Um, over the last um, seven years that it's been listed, uh, one, two, three, four, five, about eight years. Um, so one and a half percent a year growth, which is not much. Uh, return on equity is quite good. It's passed every year and it's currently 37, uh, but it has 227% debt to equity. Right. So this has got mm. more debt than Crown. Right. You know, as a percentage, uh, or maybe Transurban even. Yeah. Um, no, not Crown, Transurban, I mean. Right. So massive debt, uh, which we wouldn't, we wouldn't touch it with that kind of uh, debt level. Uh, PE is five. Right. So the market obviously doesn't like it. So the people who do know it obviously don't think it's, their earnings are very, very spectacular. I mean, a five times PE, all things being equal, with a bit of growth, is actually would give you a good return. Right. 
Um, but from our point of view, the debt would uh, debt blows it out of the water. Um, long term working capital is negative, thirty four million a year it says, and long term debt is seven hundred thirty three million. So it's nearly three quarters of a billion in debt. So wow. they've got stacks of debt. Okay. Kim? Uh, and I don't know anything else, Kim. Do you know anything? Low margin business, you don't need to own it. Simple. <laughs> uh, would uh, would you would you be stepping on this dog poo as well? Oh. Can't get rid this, of it. This, 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 this is a big piece of dog poo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's, there's nothing. I, I don't know that there's anything. I, I, I haven't seen anything to, to, to recommend the stock. And the best no. I, if, if, if you, if you look, why, why do you, what, you don't need to own it. Simple as that. Yeah. Yep. Simple as that. Okay. But no, right. it was, uh, it, it was, um, yeah. What well, just, just wanna. I, I, I it, it, it's the type of business probably better off. Um, this, I think it floated about three or four years ago, mm. and it was an amalgamation of a couple of packaging businesses. But I'm looking at it, I was wondering why it's why it's actually in public hands, and yeah, um, right. it's more it's more the type of business that should be that should be privatised. Well, all right. So that's an overpack. You wouldn't say we came home with a wet sail in the second half of the call today, would you? Um, <laughs> with um, a big no for McMahon. NRW no, Metals X no, Downer no, and Pacta no as well. Although Metals X, uh, from Kim's point of view, uh, down around eight cents, may be worth a punt. Uh, Mark says, do your homework on it because there must be some reason why it's come down from a dollar eighty to eight cents when it owns well, gold mines and tin mines yeah, and yeah. things like that. So if you're on a highly speculative punt, probably Metals X um, will cross the line, but. Not for me. No. Put it on the last at Wyong. um, That would probably be the comparison. Um, Kim, thank you for your time today. Really appreciate it, as usual. Yep. Good good, good to be with you guys. Uh, Kim Slater there from Kimber and Mark Morland from Team and Best. Mark, good to see you again. Thank you. Great to see you too. Bye, Kim. Um, Don't forget, we do the call between midday and 1pm Australian Eastern Standard Time every trading day. Uh, we look at 10 stocks that you send in to us and, um, and then we get them analysed by our expert team. So if you want to send along some suggestions, you can email through the call at ausbiz.com.au or send it through Twitter as well. Coming up...